Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness, where we will be sharing insights into the world of mental health and wellness as we explore traditional medicine and holistic healing options. It's time to have new conversations about mental health. Join Mara James, the founder and CEO of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, as she guides us along this journey. And now, let's talk wellness. Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness. I am your host, Mara James, and I'm excited to introduce to you one of my favorite people in the entire world, my daughter, my best friend, and an amazing soul, Lexi James. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Lexi, thank you so much for having the courage to come out today and um, you're being honest. And so let's tell our friends out there um, a little bit about you, how old you are and a little bit about your journey. Well, I am 20 years old. I am, I've been on my healing journey since I was about 12 years old. I honestly didn't even know what healing was. I don't think most people do when they're 12 years old. Um, but right about the time that my mother was going through a lot of her spiritual awakenings, I was diagnosed with a physical illness called Graves disease, which is a overactive thyroid. And that spiraled into a world that I was not ready for at that age. I, what comes with Graves is not only the physical, you know, the hyperactive thyroid with being tired and the weakening of my joints, my hair falling out, my eyes bulging, but also it affects me internally when it goes to my hormones being out of whack and it messes with my mood and with an overactive thyroid, my body's running really quickly. I feel anxious all the time. Not that I wasn't anxious before, but it definitely heightened it. And I was losing a lot of weight and I was having a hard time eating. So there was just a lot of stuff going on with my body that I was not even aware of. I was never really taught before that to even listen to my body. And with all these things happening, I wasn't even fully consciously aware that anything was going on. So that started when I was 12 and I... It's been a work in progress for a while, but it really kickstarted about the time when I was 16. I first saw my healer, well, I, my mom introduced me to a few healers throughout the years. I've worked with people since I was, I think 14 was when I really seriously started seeing people consistently. But when I was 16, I started seeing the woman who I'm working with today, who is a shaman. And I started off being her client and now I'm trading under her because when you see the world that is beyond the surface and what is possible, you never want to go back and you just want to heal and you want to show the world and just that anything is possible. And if you can heal and I can heal, the world can heal. And I have just been studying it and loving it ever since I was really young and I'm still very young. So many years to come of this amazing, amazing journey. And of course, that almost brings tears to my eyes, but I'm going to hold back. Um, <laughs> Lou, um, a few years ago, um, I met, you know, when you're going through things, you did not, if you recall, of course, you didn't want to see a therapist. And I was like, we didn't push you to do it. And most children um, and clients that I work with don't want to. And we had you working with a Reiki healer. And what was so beautiful about that, I know, and I, you know, I'm talking for you, but I, I know it felt well physically, but what's great about Reiki healers, they're very intuitive. So she was able to speak to you without you really knowing. And 
you said the word to me the other day, isn't, what was the word you said? Isn't that being um, conniving or something? But to me, I'm doing it out of the goodness of my heart, anything I can do to help you. Um, something that I might not have shared with you before, but I will today, is that one of our amazing healers actually was able to work through me as the mother on my children, as long as they're under 18 years old. Um, and of course they have to have approval to do it. So they pray on that but they were able to remove toxins from your body that um, happened you know, for you, me, um, the other two children, and you know, which really was able to help clear things up. Um, do you remember working with uh, Carrie doing, having Reiki done? I, I remember vaguely. So I, I also remember when I was going through my, well, when I first got graves, everybody thought that I was anorexic because the only thing that they were seeing was that I wasn't eating and that I was losing a lot of weight. And so I was playing softball very competitively at the time. And I remember everybody in the team was like, you need to see a therapist. You need to get this worked out because you can't play sports if you're not eating. And so I remember you taking me to this therapist and that was, I went to one session and I just remember that it was not a very great experience because I knew that I there was a portion of me that wanted to go because I honestly had no idea what was going on with my mind or my body. But I also just remember that that's when you were going through your stuff and the way that it was, he was the one that told me that you were experiencing a manic episode and the way that this person did it and all unconditional love to this person, but I was so young and we're like sponges when we're young and anything that we hear or take in really sets into our soul. And the way that I was told about something that's so sensitive about your mental illness um, wasn't done very effectively. And I remember that at that moment, I did not want to see a therapist like almost ever again. I remember just completely being distraught because I wasn't only going in under, you know, a circumstance that I had no idea what was going on with my body. And I didn't even think that I was anorexic, but everybody else thought that I was. So I was already very confused. And then I go out with this information that my mother is experiencing bipolar disorder. And I don't even know what the heck that is. So now it's just I remember that experience being very confusing and I left not feeling any better. Um, of course it happened for a reason because I'm where I am today and I'm internally grateful for that. But after that, I just was turned off to therapists, but a therapist in the title means what's an effective way of saying this? I think that therapists are absolutely amazing and wonderful, but therapy is not just given by a therapist. Therapy is given by healers and people like physical therapists and chiropractors, people who do physical work to your body are also working with your head because every little thing that you do in this world is therapy to your body, which in turn is therapy to your mind. And so I remember going to carry and I honestly was just excited because I want to take a nap and Reiki healing is very gentle work and it's not, you know, like digging into my muscles or doing anything. I was just going to take a nap, but I remember, and this was really exciting to me because I think I was like 14 at the time and I had a lot of stomach issues because my eating habits were very, not, they were very poor. And I remember we were working together and I wasn't sleeping at this point and I was kind of upset because I was like, I want to go to bed. But she put her hand over my stomach and literally started belching. And I was like, what is going on? And I literally felt the gas coming out of my stomach. She was it, basically extracting it through her body and it's coming out. And I did not understand what was happening. I was like, what is going on? But I felt my stomach like 
all of the pain and the bloating just coming out with every burp that came out of her mouth. And I was like, what is this? Like, what's going on? It's mind blowing. And that was the moment that I think it all clicked for me where I was like, my mom is not just taking me to these crazy people for no reason. Like these people have gifts and I'm here for a reason. And every person on this planet has gifts, but they're real and anything is possible. This woman could take the gas out of my stomach through her hands, through her mouth. Anything is freaking possible. And after that, I mean, that was the, the mind blowing moment where I was just like, I think that's where I became open to almost anything. I mean, at that, I was really resistant to going to the healers because I think there's a portion of, I think everybody, but especially in myself that was resistant to healing. I did not want to see these people because releasing these things that you've lived with your entire life. And while I was not on this planet for a very long time, any amount of time, whether you have it for a day or you have it for 12, 14 years is a long time. And it, I learned to live with anxiety. I learned to live with these issues and releasing it was scary. I didn't know how life was going to be after I released it. So I resisted. But in that moment, I felt safe. I felt better. I, I just felt amazing. And I knew that whatever mom you were doing and whoever you were taking me to, it was A, because you cared and, about me and wanted me to feel better and not live in this source of suffering but also these people have gifts and these people therapy is not just given by a therapist. It was just absolutely amazing. And from there, it's just like blasted off into a whole realm of healing and yeah. But what, so you said that I said something about the conniving thing about when we, we were talking about how you were saying, you don't think that kids should go to therapy or I, I forget exactly what it was, but that turned me off just for a second because I'm not sure if it's, my point of view is that I think therapy is absolutely one of the most amazing things that anybody can go through. But I believe this, and this is one of my main philosophies in life, is you cannot do anything successfully with somebody else without their permission and without their surrender and without their willingness to shift. I can have all of the answers in my brain and know exactly how to help this one person. And if they're not willing, they're not going to shift. And so that was where my mindset was, where a kid is not usually in this day and age, we're not really teaching kids what emotional intelligence is, what healing is, what vulnerability even is. And that's what you need in order to shift through a lot of things in your mind is openness and vulnerability. And so I think it was more of if a kid understands what therapy is and how it's going to support. And if they're willing to go, that's when I think it's really important, but it goes for anybody. If you're not willing, and if you're not going to be in a place of surrender, a, you're going to waste your money and B you're not going to get anything out of it. And you might even resent the healing experience because you don't want to do it. And so that's where my mindset was. Yeah. And I think that's a great point. Um, so like with, you know, therapy, I think is so great and so important. And unfortunately, a lot of children aren't open to it. But then again, you know, if the parents are doing it and they share with the child about how great it is, that could really help them. But so there's the emotional and the physical, right? So when you were working with the Reiki hit master and she was able to help shift the energy that was causing you belly aches, that's a beautiful thing, right? So, um, and then for someone like clearing out the toxins energetically, that's a great thing. 
I definitely agree to do the emotional healing, which is the most painful and most challenging, but the most beautiful after, because after we, you know, remove the layers upon layers upon layers of the onion, and obviously the older we are, the more layers we have. So you're lucky that you've got to start this process at a younger age. Um, yeah, so the emotional versus the physical release, I think is really different. Um, you know, yeah. So one of the healers said that 90%, um, and she's studying for a PhD, she said that 90% of mental illness are dark entities. And to me, to have mm-hmm. a mother or a parent, sorry, it could be anybody, um, caregiver for the child, work you know, to remove these entities without the child's permission, to me, it's coming out of love and beauty. And, the, you know, you, you wouldn't say to a child, you have dark entities, do you give us permission to release them? So that's just what I mean, where the parent has that, you know, out of coming from a place of love, not Absolutely. judgment, not anything, just out of love. It's always about the intention that's behind it. So if your intention is something that's not, it's, I don't want to say negative, but there's conditional and unconditional love. And if your, if your mindset behind it is, I love this beautiful person and I see that they're suffering and I want to do anything to support them. Obviously that's amazing. If it's coming out of a place where the love is contingent on if this person is happy or if if it's just coming from a place that's not unconditional love that's where it gets a little bit hazy and that's where it can get a little bit um a little bit dark sure um so i love joan rivers she says enough about me let's talk about you what do you think about me so you, I, um, I was so you were about 11-ish years old when you were not only going through your own grief disease diagnoses, but that's also when I was experiencing this manic episode, spiritual awakening. What can you share um, about that time? What like what what I you know because I know your older brother was like you know oh my god she's crazy because all of a sudden I'm talking about God and you know as opposed to you know which was a new thing. But what, yeah, how can you share? That experience, to be completely honest, it feels a little fuzzy in my brain because I think there was so much going on at the time. So I wasn't only going through my Graves disease, but and I went to that therapist for the anxiety, well, for the anorexia that ended up not being anorexia, but. I was competitively playing softball and that was a whole other experience in itself that was causing me a lot of, a lot of things going on. But I also was missing a lot of school because of my sickness, because when I started to get graves, I basically couldn't get out of bed, which is interesting because that's kind of what happened to you when you start, you went manic and then you were in bed for a while. I never even connected that. Um, I was so young and so I know that people say from the ages of one to seven, we're basically in a constant state of hypnosis where we just take in everything and we're always up for suggestion. I believe that I'm still kind of in that state because I, I think of myself as a very sensitive being. I absorb a lot of what's going on around me. And I think in our household at that time, I think dad was on a trip. So we had one less person in the house, but I remember, I mean, we had you going through your experience and my brother is always going through his kind of stuff and my older older brother is off doing his stuff and I wasn't even consciously aware of all the stuff that was going on but obviously it's still up in my subconscious mind so I was still dealing with it on a cellular level there was just so much going on and I remember all I wanted to do at that time was avoid 
avoid, 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 avoid everything. Just, I don't want anything to change. I don't want you to change. I don't want dad to change. I don't want my brothers to change. I want my life to stay the same. I want to play softball. I want to go to school. I want to eat my carb filled dinner and I want to go to bed. And it was just very scary at the time because I, I, I mean, in our family, we never really spoke openly at all. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't even remember speaking vulnerably with any any of you guys, um, especially not my brothers, but we were never really a big family on communication. We were very, very loving towards each other and we all love each other, but we weren't, there was that loss of communication and there wasn't a lot of true authenticity because authenticity is shown through communication, both verbal and nonverbal. And there wasn't a lot of that going on. So that starting to get opened and when we actually could start talking about what's going on was a huge shift in my brain. I mean, there was just a million bajillion things going on and I remember my anxiety was racing and then I started to, like as time went on, start to experience a lot of fear and then that kind of relinquished into complacency and depression and all these different things. I basically went through, you know, the grieving scale a thousand different times over my loss of my favorite sport and the loss of who I thought my mom was and the loss of the family dynamic that we had and the loss of, you know, who I thought I was when it came to, you know, me, I I knew myself as a softball player and that was it. And I knew you as the mom who dropped me off and left and came back and picked me up and everything started to shift and it was really scary. And to be completely honest, it's still something that I'm working through because healing takes a long time and things are still coming up to the surface surface which is a blessing but it was just a lot to take in and I know that it must I mean your experience was completely different too but even just from my my perception of what was happening there was just so much going on and when it comes to your family that was my friends were you know awesome and my teammates were awesome and my schoolmates were awesome, but my family was consistent. They were, you guys are like m- my people. You're always there, even when I don't want you there. So it was that shift in that consistency and that safety net um, was really kind of freaky. Yeah. And thank you so much for your honesty and your vulnerability. And uh, <laughs> yes, dad and I were definitely raised from a generation that they didn't communicate as much and shifting. And it was a lot of growth um, that your dad and I have gone through over the past seven years um, mm-hmm. that I'm, you know, that has just been transformational and it's still a journey. Um, we're going to take a very brief break and we'll be right back. In these shifting and changing times, more and more lives are being impacted by mental health. The Extraordinary Lives Foundation, also known as ELF, is transforming the way people view and navigate mental health challenges. Their mission is to improve children's mental health and wellness and support families by providing educational tools, resources, and awareness events. ELF encourages families to recognize symptoms, overcome the stigma, and reach out for help. Through prevention, early intervention, and holistic treatment, we believe many of the big problems facing today's youth can be transformed within a generation. 
Extraordinary Lives Foundation is excited to offer the Hugs for Life Healing Center, growing a worldwide network of approved holistic healers and bridging the gap between traditional and complementary healing options. Visit the Extraordinary Lives Foundation website at www.elfempowers.org to find out more about their resources and events. Together, we can change the conversation around mental health. We hope that you're enjoying today's Let's Talk Wellness podcast. And if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, we would love to hear from you. Simply email us at info at elfempowers.org. That's info at elfempowers.org. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Talk Wellness. I'm your host, Mara James, and today we have one of my favorite people, my daughter, my best friend, Lexi James. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. So, Lexi, can you share with us a little more details about your journey and healing throughout middle school, high school, um, working with healers, taking medication? Yeah. So, I talked about when I got Graves' disease when I was 12. And before that, I had always had some sort of fear, anxiety. It was always just kind of written in my body, uh, but I don't think I was consciously aware enough to really acknowledge that it was there. I was kind of like, yeah, whatever, everybody's scared of everything. Um, But as I started to feel more of my body when I was getting in tune, when my Graves' disease hit, I started to feel a lot more. So things started to come bubbling to the surface. Things like my quite crippling anxiety at the time and as time went on I started to experience a lot of mood swings which came with depression and a lot of complacency a lot of me just not wanting to feel anything and when I was in middle school everything started to come out because I was in seventh grade when I got the grave so that was kind of just the start but then high school rolled around and I did I was going through changes galore obviously switching to a different school kind of trying to find who I actually am and who I would like to stick with being for the rest of my life, just finding my true authentic self. And through doing that, I was trying a bunch of different things. I mean, I was trying different, you know, activities, different personalities, different ways of telling my jokes, like literally everything I possibly can to find who I was, I was trying because I wanted to be the most authentic version of myself to everybody possible. And through that, uh, one of the biggest things that I struggled with that I actually think just kind of runs in my family, unfortunately, was trying to figure out how I wanted to present myself physically. And that came with a lot of body image issues of I'm too fat. I don't feel like myself. I'm round. I feel gross. I have cellulite stretch marks, all these different things. Everything was a problem in my physical body. Um, And pairing that with my mental body, it was just a complete disaster. And eventually that created itself into an eating disorder. And I am was struggling with that for probably five years, but it finally came to the surface. I was driving one of my bestest friends to Oregon and we were sitting in a car for 18 hours and I was driving myself mad, just sitting there eating chips. And we finally got to the Airbnb that we're going to. And I remember trying to take a bite of food and just starting to sob because something triggered it on my subconscious level that was so deep that it finally came out And I called the woman who I've been working with, Shamananda, and she was like, 
there's something going on with an eating disorder. We need to get you help now. And I was like, oh my goodness. And that was right after I went to college for a few months and I wasn't feeling myself. I moved back home in with my parents. I was shifting through a lot of different things. I felt like I wasn't having a sense of purpose or a sense, a true sense of authentic self at that point. I was just like, I'm a college dropout at this point. This is my identity. Like I, I just didn't know what was going on. I think I was so lost that I just started to cope with food at a really, really difficult and high um, volume. So I ended up going to an eating disorder rehab facility for a little while. And that experience was okay. But I, when I, I went to a clinical, like medical eating disorder facility. And as I've been working with healers for a long time, that was the, the, difference between a clinical environment and a more holistic and um, feels a little bit more lenient environment was totally different. Like I would sit in with my therapist for an hour. And even if we were in the middle of an intimate conversation, if you're at an hour, you're out. And it's just like, you leave me in the middle of nothing when it feels like when I'm with the healers, they're a little bit more lenient of let's finish this because your health and your mental well-being is much more important than me making my money for the day and me getting you out and seeing the next person immediately. Um, so that was really difficult. And that's why it's really amazing that your foundation, mom, is like the whole goal is to bridge that gap because we have that Eastern and we have that Western medication and they both exist and they're both amazing. But bringing them together to make a beautiful middle ground is just amazingly important. So thank you for doing that and bringing that to the world. But to move forward, I also, to my anxiety, my depression got to a point where it was, it just felt unbearable. I wasn't leaving the house without feeling nervous. I wasn't coming home after school, not feeling like I need to just sleep all day and feel like crap. I, my senior year, missed more than half of my days because I couldn't get out of bed and everyone was like it's senioritis you're depressed you're this and to this day it's still kind of a mystery what was happening but I needed help and I eventually got to the point where I have been resisting and resisting medication because I do not want I, I don't want to put that foreign substance in my body I didn't want to get the side effects that I see people getting all the time I didn't want to admit that I had a problem and so I avoided it and I avoided it. And then eventually I was like, I need help. I need something that's going to help me right now. So, so I started taking medication. I was both taking it for my thyroid and for my anxiety for a little while. And I was luring off, luring on. I was going up and down. And when you're on mental medication, it really like messes with your mind. And I was not a fan of being on any sort of medication. And I expressed that to the healers that I was seeing. And together we were able to not only completely lure me off of my anxiety medication, but now I'm not on any medication for my, for my anxiety or depression and I'm functioning totally fine. But there was the biggest thing was that sense of willingness to heal that. And it's losing the resentment towards the medication and knowing that it's a blessing to have it on this planet and being willing to release the anxiety so I didn't even need it. So now I'm at a point where if I need it, I'll take it, but I am able to cope with my anxiety in a way that's really effective. And so I think what was really important about that was not only learning that medication exists and sometimes it's crucial and it's beautiful and amazing and really brilliant people created it, 
but it everything, I believe that everything is healable with willingness, surrender, and a sense of knowingness and having the right people to guide you. It's not a forever thing. And that's always what psychiatrists have, you know, have told me is that this is just temporary. You work with it in with a therapist and eventually you'll, you'll lure off and be able to function without it. And I think that's just the beautiful thing about that kind of medication. Yeah. We'll see if your 22 uh, year old brother follows that or pursued or just uh, keeps medicating, which is fine and great because a happy child is a happy family. Right. So you mentioned before, he's, the best. About, mm-hmm, he's amazing. So smart. Um, so you mentioned about dropping out of Rutgers, um, and I know the answer to this, but why don't you share with our friends and listeners and watchers um, what you did with that and what you're doing now? So I've always struggled with finding my true passion. I, my favorite feeling in the world is passion and excitement. And I want to feel that every single day in the job that I choose to pursue, I know that I can always switch it up, but I put a lot of pressure on myself to pick the perfect profession and being in a family of doctors, I was like, well, I don't really know what I want to do, but I have the bloodline of OBs. So I might as well do something in the physical, you know, uh, just helping out with the physical body. And so I picked sports medicine and kinesiology and exercise science in college. I went there and I wasn't feeling that passion, but the one thing that was keeping me there was the fact that I brought my little set of buzzers and my comb and my shears, and I was cutting hair in my dorm room just for fun. And there are some people, and I've had this experience where there are just some people that come into my life for a very short amount of time that say the right thing at the right time and guide me to where I need to go, and I never see them again. And there was this woman that I met in the train station on my way to my mom's best friend's house, and she was a barber and basically just said, do what makes you happy, and you will be the most successful, abundant person in the world. And I was like, hair cutting makes me really happy. So I told my family, I'm dropping out of college. I'm coming home, going to Paul Mitchell, and I'm going to learn how to cut hair professionally. But what's also, it was frustrating because I was nervous because I found something that I loved, but it always happens. I find something I love, I try it out, and then I get bored. But uh, Mr. Chori, Chori, I'm so sorry, Corey, for butchering your name. He told me not to worry too much about if haircutting is not the end all be all because different experiences take you to where you need to go. So I realized that with haircutting, it might not be the only thing that I'm going to do in my life. And I realized that I am absolutely in love with performing. I love singing. I love to act. I love comedy. And I realized I also love to inspire. I love to teach. I love to help people. That's my main passion in this world is to learn and teach and just help everybody heal themselves and find that true passion in them. And so I figured out that what I really want to pursue right now is motivational speaking and teaching about consciousness and coaching and working with the physical and mental body. And so my goal with haircutting right now is that I studied my butt off in school and I am very, very knowledgeable about hair. And I have been taking the time to practice the way that I learn is by teaching. So I've been helping my student, like the other students, like my fellow students, you know, learn different things that I studied on the outside of school. And I've been practicing teaching within school. And not only has that been amazing practice for me, but 
I also have been helping a lot of other people by if I teach them and they trust me, maybe they'll listen to the other things that I have to say. And I've been able to really inspire a lot of people at my school. And my goal with hair now is I want to travel when it comes to my motivational speaking. And I would absolutely love to go around when I travel and go to homeless shelters and cut hair for free for the people that can't afford it. And just to make those people who have a little bit down on their luck just feel absolutely amazing and feel empowered and just shed a little bit of light on the people that really, really, really need it the most. That's so beautiful. We're so excited that you're going to graduate the Paul Mitchell School next month. And what I'd love you to share, what I've noticed is that sometimes you come home on weekends and I hear you in the kitchen um, besides dyeing the floor, (laughs) making a mess. Um, I hear you working with um, all your friends and the therapy that is coming out is it just makes me smile from ear to ear and i don't know if people realize like when you go to your hairdresser and they're on your hair and touching you and in your space it's you know if you can talk a little bit about that before we uh, end yeah so one of my teachers at my school actually calls us therapists because your hairstylist is absolutely your therapist. I mean, A, it takes a lot of trust to let somebody go near your neck with some scissors. So already giving us that trust and a lot of people are very attached to their hair and that it brings them a lot of beauty. So to be able to trust your therapist or your your therapist um, with that gift of shifting that, you know, your physical appearance is really a lot of trust um so already we have a connection with our clients but when I'm doing hair you're not just working with the hair you're working with the energetic you know follicles of the hair your hair holds a lot of energy a lot of the times like mom you have hair down to your butt that is years worth of hair and your hair has seen it all and you can store a lot of energy and I don't know if you have felt this with a haircut But I know when I shaved my head, I felt years of different experiences literally coming off with every piece of hair. It's an energetic transformation that you get. And so it's really an amazing thing to be able to not only help somebody physically get rid of all that crap that they held in their hair, but when we're cutting hair, you talk. And you share. And when you're just sitting down for a few hours getting your hair dyed, you can't help but just start reflecting on different things. And it's it can really be a meditative experience just to sit in a chair and get someone touching your neck and it feels really good. And you develop that sense of trust with your hair stylist to where a lot of the times people just share a lot of different things. So I think being as, uh, you know, being a student, of someone teaching me about consciousness and mindset and how to heal, having that paired with the ability to have these clients coming in and giving me this trust to to work on their hair, that together is one of the most amazing gifts. And I can have tell stories galore of the things that people have shared with me and the gratitude that I hold in my heart that people trust this little 20 year old who's been cutting hair for just a few years to share this intimate story or this lesson that they've learned or even ask my advice on something is 
just really the most amazing gift. And I have noticed with a lot of my friends, they come over and they don't just, you know, you can choose me to cut your hair. And before, when people were coming to me, before I went to school, I was very mediocre at it, but it wasn't only that people wanted their hair cut, it's that they just wanted somebody to talk to. And they wanted to feel the unconditional love that I have built up in my heart to give to people. And that is the biggest gift. So when I'm cutting hair, I'm not just cutting your hair. I am working with your energetic body and I'm supporting in the releasing of all the old dead ends that you don't need to hold on to anymore. When things are ready to release, you, you know, it, and you come to the salon and we cut it off or we dye it and change it. And when you change your hair, you change your perspective and you change your mindset. It's really a, an amazing shift that can be done in just a few hours. And it's been one of the biggest lessons to know that when people give you that trust, it is the most, it's transformational. It is really a divine transformation that happens in that chair. That is so beautiful. Therapist. 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 Yay. So if someone would like to get in touch with you, I know that you um, can tell a little bit, like if someone wants to follow you, you have a daily inspiration. Um, what would be the best way? I have an Instagram. It's uh fairly new because I'm not a big social media user, but it is at L-O-U Lou James. And I also do these daily text threads. I call it daily dose of love. Um, and you can just add yourself on that. If you text at Lou James, and then you text that to the number 81010, you get added on it and you hear from me every single day. I yap your ear off a little bit, just a little bit of inspiration and love. I actually said my Instagram handle wrong. It's Luli James. Um, so it's at L-O-U-L-I-E-J-A-M-E-S. And you can follow me on there. And I'm going to start posting a bunch of inspirational stuff, a bunch of hair stuff. Um, I really want to create that space to be an open and vulnerable place of sharing my, what I just want to get out in the world. And hopefully I'll start doing some podcasts. Hopefully I'll start doing some blogs um, live streams, whatever I can to get the word out to the world that healing is available and possible and amazing. And I am here for each and every one of you to my best, the best of my ability. I'm here and I want to support everybody as much as I want to love myself unconditionally. I give myself the love that I want to give everybody else in the world. So that's where you can find me. Beautiful. Thank you so much. It's so important to, yes, love ourselves as well as loving others. And unconditional love is one of the hardest things, but most important. So Alexa, Lexi, Lulu, Luli, Lou, and whatever other names you go by, thank you so much for your openness, honesty, and vulnerability today. I want to say to you and everyone listening, you are amazing. Thank you for having me, mom. I love you. I love you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Wellness. This podcast has been brought to you by the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you would like to listen to more conversations like this, we invite you to subscribe to our mailing list at www.elfempowers.org to be notified when our weekly episodes are published. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you our next conversation on Let's Talk Wellness.